Hi, this is Dave Brock of Partners in Excellence. Welcome to another one of our blogcasts. Today we're actually going to listen to the, the soundtrack of a webcast I did recently with folks at Pipeliner CRM. Uh, I had a conversation, a fascinating conversation, on the entrepreneurial spirit in sales. It was between uh, Nicholas Kimla, the CEO of Pipeliner CRM, and myself, also in, on, uh, in the conversation, were the host Richard Young and Martha Neumeister. I, I think you'll really enjoy this. We covered a lot of topics, so listen and enjoy. Thanks so much. everybody to the hash sales eu twitter chat and google hangout this is our 31st google hangout we of course bring you the latest and greatest and best practice in the sales arena and to our today's special guest we have david brock the infamous the famous david brock of uh partners in excellence blog and we also have my boss so be kind nicholas kimler Good morning. Okay, so if you want to get on the chat, our chat is hash sales EU. That's where we're going to be talking about uh, today's topic, which is, of course, uh, the salespeople as CEOs, or as Nicholas, my boss, terms this, the salespreneur type approach to business. Now, this is something which I think uh, both of you uh, are fairly aligned on. So I'll be quite, quite interested to see where your differences are along this and how your, your approach to the market for those, this particular topic goes as well. Now, David, let's start with yourself. Tell me a bit about yourself. Let's jump in. Give me some background. Oh, great. Well, thanks. Well, Richard, first, thanks to all of you at, at Pipeliner for inviting me to be part of this. I really, uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, just briefly, uh, my name is Dave Brock. I run a company called Partners in Excellence. There are about 15 of us scattered uh, throughout the world. Um, and um, what we do is we really help primarily large companies think about business strategy issues and go-to-market issues. So anything from, you know, how do we best reach our customers? How do we best communicate with them? And how do we best develop a relationship and, and grow our sales with them? So I'll stop there as kind of a brief introduction and you can visit my sites and get bios longer than you ever cared to read. Absolutely. I have to say that I retweet and uh, share your, your information on a regular basis. Your, your website is partnersinexcellenceblog.com, which is a great site to go to. I actually have that in my Feedly, so I see that on a re every time I go into it, because there is good content which is worth sharing on there. Now, Nicholas, uh, obviously I know your background intimately, but do, do you want to give the, our audience a little background about yourself, where you started from? Well, our, first of all, I, I enjoy that today. It's very much interesting because we have right now our London, our Vienna, our Los Angeles, our uh, Southern California. I think our, it, it isn't that fun our, to do something like this. Our, our, on the other hand, our, going to the background, when we started Pipeliner, uh, we, we were clear in our approach that sales in itself are needs a change the systems are they out there um when we interviewed a lot hundreds of salespeople were saying crm sucks and i said come on guys um would you drive a car uh, that uh, after 
one, two days, you would say, my goodness, this car sucks really. Uh, the wheels are not really fine. The, the air condition is not good. Uh, uh, the seats are not very comfortable. Um, and, and, and you would say, my goodness, uh, this car sucks. What do you do? You're changing the car. So why people cannot change CRM systems? Because they basically believe all the CRM systems sucks equally. And so for that reason, they say, there is no big difference to uh, change from one vendor to another vendor. And all of that is because the approach they have taken for sales was on the wrong side. And so this is where we said, okay, when we fundamentally changing something, we have to do it really from the perspective of a salesperson. And salesperson were not are coming into account because we neglected their identity. Salespeople are not bookkeepers. This doesn't speak against the bookkeeper. So bookkeepers are, are very important people, but they have a different agenda in the company. They have a different objective, what they have to achieve. And a salesperson was um, once um, a person who has freedom, who has uh, uh, a lot of uh, intuitive approaches and turned out to be a data clerk, a data entry person. And this is what salespeople hate to do. They don't want to do that. And they don't want to be controlled, but they want to be led. But the systems they're out there in the world, we realized, okay, are controlling tools. And so for that reason, it started that the salespeople started to think, oh gosh. And then they became what they never should be. It became not any longer this entrepreneurial approach that the salesperson has, because you see, a, a real salesperson sees always an opportunity when nobody else sees one. He says, wow, with this guy can make business. Or in this company, I have probably another portion of uh, selling them another solution. And so this is what you see that no one else sees. And their whole systems, the CRM industry and everything, put the salesperson in someone to do 100 of phone calls on the inside sales or just running out on the field sales and just neglecting and putting all the data in. And then it started to become fear. I give all the data in, I, I am controlled only, I become a machine. And the, the real thing what sales is, the beautiful thing of sales was again, and so we've started this adventure and I'm happy that so many people joining us. I'm very thankful, thanks again, for, 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 for everyone who is contributing with us, because I think we are changing here something for, for a whole industry. Excellent. I think you're absolutely correct. Uh, I think half the time the problem with CRM systems is they're simply designed by the wrong people. They're not designed by salespeople. And of course, if the designers don't have sales training, how are they going to know what works for sales? Okay, we'll move on to our first question. What's, so we're talking about the entrepreneurial spirit, which is within sales. So what's the connection between entrepreneurship and sales? David, do you want to go for the question first? Yeah, yeah. And what I'll do, maybe I'll flash back into kind of my background. I started my career at IBM selling mainframe computers in New York City. And at the time I entered IBM, it was really kind of interesting. They gave me 
a mentality that ended up being tremendously entrepreneurial. And you can, I mean, you can think of, you know, for a large corporation like IBM being an entrepreneurial salesperson, but they instilled in me that kind of the mentality that it was my God-given right to 100% share of account and 100% share of customer. And so if you think about that, that's very entrepreneurial. You know, all the startups I tend to, to, to work with have kind of the same mentality. They want to go out and conquer the world. They, want to, they have a, an idea and a passion that really drives them. And they really want to conquer the world and, 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 and contribute, um, uh, you know, through their technology or through their businesses and through their ideas to help grow people and grow companies and organizations. So I started my career with kind of the same mentality. They said, you know, it's your right to 100 percent share of customer, your right to 100 percent share of territory, but you got to figure it out. <laughs> and that's where the entrepreneurial piece really comes in is, is now you got to say, as an, just like an entrepreneur, you got to start looking at your accounts. You got to start looking at your territories and say, how do I achieve that goal? How do I achieve 100 percent? You know, what are the things that I need to do? What are the customers I need to focus on? What are the things I need to offer them? How do I mobilize an entire team of resources that may be within my own company or with partners or other people to help me achieve those goals? So, you know, you start with that and it, it, it just is so precisely aligned to um, entrepreneurship. And, you know, that's why I think Sales is probably one of the best careers in the world to go into if, if you have that kind of spirit. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> uh, this is so. <laughs> this is so the opposite of the reality what we are talking here. <laughs> but I like it. Why? Because um, I am sometimes are standing in front of yeah a lot of people and talking. And the last time I was in front of a really a, a big crowd, and so. Basically, at the end, I always make our, um, a question to the audience, and I just ask them from the young people, who wants, if, you, if you're at the university or wherever you go, I, I ask, who wants to be a lawyer? Yeah, It's a decent uh, profession. Oh, the hands are raising up, and then I'm asking, who wants to be um, in finance? Yeah, in, in classical, a broker, investment banker, venture capitalist, whatever. Oh, the hands going up. Who wants to be in marketing? Well, more on the ladies' side and others. And then at the end, I always ask, who wants to be a sales manager? Guess how many percentage are raising their hands? Uh, probably none. <laughs> I think that's a basic <laughs> intelligence test, maybe. But, uh, but the interesting but, uh, thing, it's, it's less than 2%. But when you're taking an account of the workforce around the world, we did an investigation, at the end of the day, 25% of the working population is ending up in a sales-related job. So nobody wants to be in sales, but ending up from four people, one is in sales. Isn't that interesting? Well, and it's really interesting, too. I mean, you brought up the topic of, of, of kind of universities and everything. I think it's the Sales Education Foundation did some research, and I think the, I may have the number off by just a little bit, but I think 72% of people's first jobs out of a college or university is it's a sales a, job. Yeah. 
Uh, but but did there kicks in the problem because you see in the mindset of the people and this is what I said the uh, are in 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 the presentation uh, recently are sales still sales still is not a professional and this is our even it gets complex every day a little bit more the complexity is not less people are thinking and making us and saying no it's getting even to the network community where we will talk a little bit later it's getting more and more complex that means it needs more education uh, people think they can drop out of the college and immediately in a sales job yeah and so this will this is not working yeah and this is why uh, it's so hard give me one company who is really growing who has not one demand in many areas but the one big demand is finding good salespeople. this is a profession <laughs> everyone is looking around everyone is looking around well, I, I think one of the things, if you can't, if we start reversing this a little bit, and let's look at it a little bit from the entrepreneur side and then bridge mm -hmm. it into the sales side, you know, and I happen to be doing um, some work right now. I have a dream possibly to, to write a book on this, or, but I'm, I'm actually doing a number of interviews of some very, very powerful people. Um, um, and, you know, we, I've developed some, some, when you look at entrepreneurs and you look at great business leaders, you, I notice kind of two traits. One is they're obsessive learners and they're relentless in executing. You know, and they, they combine those things together and kind of rapidly iterate, you know, and they're constantly learning. They're constantly trying to figure things out and how to get better. All so right. they experiment in executing something and they may get their teeth kicked in, but they learn from that and they pick up some other knowledge. You know, they learn by talking to other people. You know, when they walk into a room, they're the best prepared people in the room. They've researched researched who they're talking to, they've researched what's in it for them, what they're trying to get. You know, I sit in on a, a lot of VC kind of funding types of things. And, and you know, you get the good entrepreneurs who, who really are, are focused, you know, they're, they're coming in and saying, you know, not just here's how wonderful my product is, but, you know, they've researched the company. They know the, the VCs. They know what they invest in. They know what they're looking for. Correct. You know, Correct. they're prepared to answer every question. So you think of that kind of obsessiveness and relentlessness, you know, and you say that's and you then start looking at high performing salespeople and you start seeing the very same thing. You see the very best performers are out there trying to figure it out. They're trying to uh, to really take, um, um, you know, all the training that they've had, all the tools and systems that they've had, but they're out there figuring it out and saying, what's what can I do? How do I connect with this customer? So I see this kind of huge connection between that. And again, that combination I see is, is kind of this um, uh, obsessive learning and, and, you know, just never giving up. Yeah, no, this is, this is very good what you say. I underline that wholeheartedly. Uh, for that reason, um, I, I would even add a little bit. Uh, it's the principles of the entrepreneur. It's the principles of the entrepreneur who are doing that. And uh, the principles of the entrepreneur are, are only in the area of sales. That means our... It, a real entrepreneur has a bigger 
audience has a bigger focus uh, the the entrepreneur is having a lot more uh, uh, things on his plate because he has to have to think about on the marketing side he has to think about on their uh, hr side for his company he has to think about uh, on the finance side as you correctly said he has to have okay i have to and uh, if, if if i want to grow i need liquidity i need to go to the venture so for that reason i created a term and i'm happy that a lot of people pick that up and i call that salespreneurs sales entrepreneurs yep. why because the salespreneur has the principles of the entrepreneur correctly, but he's applying it only to his profession, to sales. And this is what we are creating right now. We are saying, what are the ingredients? What are the, the things that a salespreneur need to learn from the entrepreneur? Because for a salespreneur, he, he has not to think about how the company has to be financed. Yeah, His job is really to get new business and to take care for accounts, contact management and account management, whatever it is. And so I think here kicks in what kind of principles are universal? What kind of principles you can apply for everyone around the world, because if it's only applying, let's say, where we, we both live in California, come on, then then maybe in Texas, the guy would say, or in Europe, they would say, forget it. Yeah. So there must be universal um, principles. And I 100% believe that they are there and they are already uh, um, laid out. I was even writing an ebook about that. Uh, uh, maybe if if the guys want one day to to look at that, then I called it uh, uh, the principles of entrepreneurs: how precise ec economic philosophy empowers sales. And there is our seven principles in there from the Austrian School of Economics because they really did that, and and they really brought it into the existence. And I strongly believe what you said so correctly is. Um, the, the the best sales performer have learned that they see that and they act exactly exactly in the same mindset consciousness I would say in the yep. same consciousness yeah yeah so so I, I think what you do is I think you see the best salespeople um, maybe not mirroring the same skills that an entrepreneur has but mirroring the same principles yes. in things around around learning around execution around um uh you start seeing some things i mean the, the the world of sales has changed and the complexity of sales at least in, in b2b sales has has changed enormously and so that says we have a whole new skill set uh that we have to develop as as uh, sales salespreneurs you know and that starts bridging into some of the the entrepreneurial skill sets i mean you start seeing the uh, sales professional salesperson starts becoming much more of a resource manager. You know, it used to be that I went out to do the deal. But now, you know, I can't if I if I work for a large organization that has a large product line, I can't possibly be expert enough in all those products. 
to bring the value to the customer. So I have to orchestrate the right resources in, whether it's product management in our organization, whether it's marketing, whether it might be a partner to bring in. So so now as, as a sales professional or a salespreneur, I have to start broadening the toolkit I leverage. I have to start looking at things like resource management, I have to start looking at things like project management. If you look at at, at the sales process um, or the buying process, what they are is they're really specialized cases of project management, specialized applications of project management. So if I'm really trying to align with the customer in their buying process, you know, I have to have a project management kind of focus and a project management type of skill to say, you know, what are some of the things that we're seeing um, uh, you know, what are our goals and milestones as we work with a customer to move them through the buy- buying process? And how do we execute those goals and milestones? And how do we do that collaboratively? So now I, I bring in another skill, which again, we see in very, very strong entrepreneurs, which is collaboration. How yeah. do I get people yeah. to work together effectively, leveraging, you know, the getting the best out of each person? So what we see is, is kind of almost a convergence. It's it's a distant convergence path, but almost a convergence path that says, um, you know, I'm writing a post right now on this, that if I look at all our traditional sales training, you know, whether it's uh, solution sales, consultative sales, customer-focused sales, even insight-driven or challenger-driven sales, those have all become table stakes. Yeah, you know, to yeah, even absolutely. get to be invited to play in the game, you have to be a master of those skills. But now the salespreneur, the, the salesperson of today and tomorrow has to enrich those skills with, you know, rich business management, business acumen, collaboration, project management, resource management, and, and those kinds of things. And, and so you start seeing the skills that you see exhibited in very good business people, general managers, and very good salespreneurs. You start seeing uh, entrepreneurs, you start seeing similar kinds of skills, again, focused in a, a specific application of those skills, um, uh, you know, by great salespeople. Absolutely. Yeah. So would you say this is the difference between traditional salespeople? This is actually our question, too, we're going into. Uh, the main characteristic is the difference between a traditional salespeople, as we currently view them, and a salespreneur. Well, I, 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 would, I would like to, to, uh, to follow up a little bit what Dave started right now with that. Um, yep. I, I would just go one step or back and go one step deeper uh, in that area. Let, let's take, if you want to, uh, uh, to be a doctor one day, okay? Uh, and you're in high school, yeah? and you are sitting there and you say, I want to go in medicine, I want to study medicine, okay? Maybe some of the guys have already in mind they want to be a radiologist or a dent, or whatever. Yeah, they have some, uh, I, I, I want to be a dermatologist or whatever, but mostly they don't. They, they want to study medicine. Why they want to do that? It comes out of um, intrinsic um, something mostly, let's say, well, not everyone, but mostly it comes of the intrinsic to do something good for medicine. I want to help people. I want to, this is a good profession. I can earn a lot of money, but also I want to help something. This is why you start to, to go for medicine, correct? 
Mm-hmm. And then it starts when you go to medicine, you are studying for a lot of years at the university. My goodness, we know it's not easy, like these books, yeah? And can you imagine you would go to a heart surgery and, and the guy was only in the second year of his study, yeah? <laughs> and this is our, if you make the connection to a company, yeah. yeah? Sometimes we hire people and salespeople are operating on the heart of others, anyhow. So it takes a while before you become a doctor. And then kicks in that the whole specification starts in radiology in dermatology and whatever it is yeah so in all the different segments that we have and i think today we have i don't know it's almost a hundred and more yeah where you can uh, be in a different specific area i basically see that similar to sales the only thing is uh, what is the first what is the the, the starting point I believe the starting point for a salesperson is deep inside, is besides making a cool job, like yesterday was a guy I was interviewing, and he said to me he was a chemistry, and he was studying chemistry, and then he was uh, working for a company, and his friends with 22 and 21 were already gaining a lot of money, and he said, gosh, what I'm doing, so his motivation was a little bit on this side, but then he came in and said, okay, what's really interesting is, and this is the motive is, um, salespeople think very altruistic. Why? Because they know immediately if they create a network, each one person can help. So what for a medicine student is more or less the motivation to help others, our salespeople have an altruistic or very altruistic approach to life because they know exactly what it is. The only difference right now that kicks in is for a medicine or to be become a doctor, there is a clear path of education. You have to go to the university, you have to learn all this, then you specialize, and we have nothing on the, on the education side. You have not even really education in a good sense, and it gets more and more complex, as you correctly said, because you brought even a new thing in, like uh, collaboration and project management. Come on. Project management is a profession in itself. If you do that correctly, you have really uh, you have to have good yeah. skills. And for yeah. collaboration, for a good collaboration, the most important thing what you need to know is how to communicate. Yeah. <laughs> if you cannot communicate, it's really hard to collaborate. Yeah, and it's not. <laughs> so the medicine students are the law students and all the other profession have a clear path of learning uh, general speaking about the first profession and then go in the specialized area we have right now inside um outside sales field sales whatever uh, there's hundreds of sales we are always talking about these different our uh, end products when you if you want to say about what comes after the general learning but we have no general learning there's nothing there the people mostly jumping a lot as you correctly said from high school college university immediately in a sales job but they have never trained anything they have, they have never learned the basics and so this is why every company is looking when i'm speaking with all the owners how many good salespeople you really have then it kicks in the 80 20. yeah yeah uh, yeah nicholas you cover a, a whole bunch of issues here i mean i, I think and again uh, I, I think the I, again, I think it's called the Sales Education Foundation, but I, I think the research that they have is there's something like 
fewer than uh, 70 or so colleges or universities in the U.S. that offer either an undergraduate or a graduate specialization in sales. So, you know, there's something about, you know, if you look at all the business schools and all the business curriculums, why sales, I mean, marketing is very well represented in those, but sales is very underrepresented in those. So I think the basic, you know, finding a way for, you know, and this is something that corporations and organizations need to push back on the universities to say, you know, you need to start training people and, and giving them basic skills and those things. Correct. But I think as you move on, here's here's where I may come out kind of a, a slightly contrarian view to yours is in terms of sales as a profession. If you look at, we always tend to focus on the doctors who have to be trained and have to be certified, lawyers who have to be trained and certified, accountants and so on, those professions where there's a formal certification process. But, you know, there there isn't a profession of VPs of manufacturing. Uh, there isn't a profession of CEOs. There is a profession really of CFOs because you have to be a, 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 or at least have a, somebody who's a certified public accountant in, in the organization. But as you look across other organizational functions, there isn't the profession so much. Um, and also, I don't, I don't feel real strongly about the certification or professionalization in the in the sense that I get. Uh, 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 I have to pass a test like a lawyer does and, and be- become a member of the bar. I have to pass a test like a, a doctor does or so on and continue to be recertified. But I do think that, that you know, what we look at is professionalism in the more generic sense is mm-hmm. you look at what makes a top performing professional in each one of those. You know, and, and there are certain things around learning, around continuous improvement, around mastery of what their profession is, that that any successful high performer, whether they're a manufacturer, manufacturing person, whether they're a design development person, um, you know, whatever, if they want to get to the top of their chosen field, they have there's certain common principles. I think, you know, when I start looking at salespeople, what I look at is, is, you know, some of it is their hunger. I look at their curiosity. I look at their drive for solving problems because that's what we do. You know, I, 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 you know I'm not sure I was altruistic as a, when I became a salesperson, <laughs> but I was intensely curious. Um, I, you know, I, and, and I was, you know, I saw these customers, you know, again, I had this great charter. It's your God-given mission to get 100% share of accountant. You figure it out. So I was curious. I wandered around. I talked to a lot of people. I found people with problems. I said, gee, this is really cool. How can I help them solve the problem? You know, and a lot of times these days, you know, and this is probably, you know, you know, I get back into my role of qualification. I get get people calling me all the time with problems that they want me to consider solving. And I know the problems that I solve very, very well. And, you know, if if their problem doesn't fit in it in the problems I solve very well, then I say, thank you for sharing. I can't help you. Here's possibly somebody that could. 
You know, and I think that's something that companies have challenges with and that salespeople have challenges with. We don't know what problems we're the best in the world at solving, and we don't know who the customers are that, that have those problems. If, we, if the, our companies can help us answer those questions and point salespeople in, in that direction that says, here are the problems we're the best in the world at solving, here are the customers that have them, go out and conquer them. Yeah, no, I, I like that we have different kinds of views on, 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 on one of these topics because you see, none of us has their whole, our, I was really inside how we can solve some problems. We need for that the collaboration and to talk about how, how, we, can, how we can really uh, make the next move and going deeper with that area. But as we see is to attract young people. And our, I think this is the important part, how we can attract in the future young people more to raise their hands and say, this is a very nice profession that I want to solve problems. And for that reason, it needs education. What kind Absolutely. of form of education it needs? I, I'm, I'm not in the education business. I'm also not so uh, a fan of big uh, uh, certificates and stuff like that. I am more in the area that you have to reflect, to to learn, and then practice immediately. And then you see if that what you have learned, you can apply in a real life situation. How this is, well, there is new concepts out there. But what we are seeing, hopefully uh, agree to that, is we need more education in the sales area. Because when someone comes to your company and says, I want to be a salesperson today, he needs a lot of training. It's so complex. It's, it's getting more and more complex than any time before because the customer, as we know, the buyer has dramatically changed. The buyer is even demanding from the sales rep, from the seller, that he knows everything. You see, come on, you need a lot of insight. You have to, first of all, to understand how the buyer is talking with you. Right. So Absolutely. What is, what is, what is, what is there for a second? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Nikki. This is question three. We're just moving into with your, your exact thing you're talking about in there. So if you want to continue, that's fantastic. The buyer journey has changed. How does business? How does business need to adopt to be successful? Yeah, right, here is exactly on topic for you. Thank, thanks, about. thanks, Richard. It's good. I think this is exactly the buyer dramatically has changed dramatically, and it will and it will change even more because. The buyer is getting more and more um, uh, educated. He, he's going out there. We know that. So we don't have to talk about that. This is common sense already. Yeah? The thing is, the seller hasn't changed. And now it kicks in. When you speak to a buyer, when, when we have a buyer communication and you interpret the question of the buyer incorrectly, you're on a, on a wrong path. For that reason, you need insight in the communication skills. What is the buyer really asking? Because sometimes you see in a conversation, you ask a question, but you ask a different question besides. You have to understand that. But the people are not trained for that. So we, what we say is we need this training for communication, for collaboration, for project management correctly, for the insight. And I think the complexity gets more and more. And our John Golden and I were coming up our, with, our, with a concept, and we are in the process writing a book. Um, uh, hopefully we can manage it that uh, will be out there this year and I want to show this our quick this um, uh, if I can handle that how to to, to do this uh, here we go um, and I want to show that and, and, and let's see one moment 
you, it's the toolbox, and then it says uh, share screen. While you're bringing that up, I, I thought I'd, I'd kind of add on to that a little bit. I, I think, I think you know, I think uh, first let me address kind of the role of the salesperson, but then I want to go back to the buyer journey and how the buyer has changed because I, I think there's some real profound things that if we aren't sensitive to, we, we miss. Okay. But, but you know, the oh, okay, go ahead, Nicholas. Okay, so this is our, so I want to explain that a little bit, our, our, the working title we have right now is network selling. So on the right hand, you have the buyer, our, and on the left side, you have, as you see, the seller. And what we strongly believe today is that the seller who is really having, first of all, first point, a self-awareness. Come on, self-awareness is not coming overnight. <laughs> there are some young people, they have that, but you see it's a learning process to be really self-aware. The next is uh, to be confident in what you do. It takes time. Yeah, it's it's coming overnight, and we need some learning experiences where people can learn. Uh, because you learn, um, I created there something saying a failure is an invitation to start again. Confident comes how often you stand up and and do it again and again. So we need to create this form of reflecting and learning. Then the business arcum. Oh, come on. In, in each industry, this could be very complex, very complex. And then value-orientated to, to create a value for the buyer. And here you see that our, when, when we are creating this network selling in the future, people need to be trained how to do that. Because the buyer wants not only, first of all, a good buy, that means a win-win or a fair deal, yeah? This is something you have to learn. You have to create a form of trust because everything in life comes at the end of trust. Otherwise, our, he will not respect you. Yeah? And he has to show some empathy in that area. Otherwise, when you're not relating to the people on the other end, it will be very hard. And the business solution is then what you sell at the end of the day so that the buyer saying, well, that makes sense. This was a good sell. And everything should be in a form I would say not cool, it should be enjoyable. It should be a nice area because who wants to have a sale where you're, it's miserable, the whole experience. You want to have a good experience. And when the buyer agrees to that at the end of the day, what he's doing in the network community, he gives you a referral. And this is what it's all about. Because how many sales um, situation in yourself, Dave, you have experienced, when there is a good one, what do you do? You have friends and you say, well, this guy was a good guy. If you want to buy a house, this guy, uh, Dave is a very cool guy. You go to Dave because he he was very fair. He helped me. He was doing all of that. We had a great experience. Call him. I, I will recommend him. You see, in a network society, this is even much better. But you see, for all of that, what we see here, it needs education. It needs education. And this is not coming overnight. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, let's just um, jump back to David. And yeah, let, let me jump back and, and kind of piggyback off what you just said, Nicholas. I mean, I, I think if we look back, if I look back, I started selling for IBM in the very, very early 80s. And the role of the sale, one of the roles of the salesperson at that point in time was really educating the customer about 
solutions, educating customers about products and so on and so forth. Well, fast forward to today, we know that, you know, people are, are researching it themselves on the web and finding being educated uh, you know, through great websites, great content, and so on, a lot about products and solutions. So the role of the salesperson is transformed. If, if all we can do is continue to, to say the same thing over and over, we aren't creating any value for the customer. They've already learned that stuff. So the role of the salesperson now has changed to educating them about their business about opportunities that they face with their companies in their markets and so on and how maybe to do things better and the reason that's so important if you go back to the buyer journey and if you really kind of understand the plight of the buyer is companies have gotten so lean they've gotten so skinny that that everybody at all levels just has too much on their plates you know, in some sense, everybody, all of our customers are spending so much time fighting the alligators that they forget that there's a swamp that's filling up and that they have to do something about it. And so the, the, if you look at how our customers and how buyers live their lives every day, in some sense, I, and I may be overstating it a little bit, in some sense, it's just surviving. It's getting from today to tomorrow to the next day. And they don't have a chance to step back and say, what opportunities am I missing? Are there better ways to do things? Are there different ways to do things? What changes are happening in the marketplace? What are my competitors doing that may be threatening to me? Or what emerging competitors that are you know, out of left field that I don't even recognize uh, are doing things? So the role of the salesperson really becomes that person that can come in and, and interrupt the person and say, I know you're busy. I know you're consumed with fighting alligators, but you know, you're gonna drown pretty soon. Well, yeah. But at the end of the day, everything what we have to create is a value. And when we're creating a value, the customer is feeling it or he doesn't feel it. Yeah, because when you create yeah. a value, if you, as long as you don't say this was a value for me, I can speak about values a hundred times. If you don't feel it, if you don't experience it, yeah. it's not a value. Yeah, And you see the situation in our industries are so diverse. Uh, if I go in my industry, in the, in, in the SaaS business, in CRM industry, right now, uh, one of the big topics, what I see in the whole cloud business around the world is, it's all exchangeable. I'll give you an example. If we would do right now the same thing, no, it's, it's, it's very easy. It's very easy and you will immediately apply to that and, and probably uh, wholeheartedly agree with me. If we would not do this over Google Hangouts, yeah. if we would do that, let's say, uh, over a different kind of technology, and we would say, GoToMeeting could do the same, or GoToWebinar could do the same, and we just would use the same system from another vendor, nobody cares. Right now, in our industry, we have in the cloud business in, in the US, as you know, and, and around the world, it's more and more rocking everywhere. We have thousands, thousands of cloud services. So the company in itself and the sales process in itself is changing for these guys because everything is very exchangeable. You can change it. 
Very easy. If it doesn't fit next year, I am renting it, I change it. What kind of bondage, what kind of value I have to this kind of companies when I'm a salesperson to grid? Because I'm competing in a very different area. So we have on the one hand the complex sales situation where it's getting what you said correctly and I with you 100% agree are where it's getting more on the area of uh, the, the solution or that we have to dive in and see the opportunity for the customer, for the buyer and to, to mark him the opportunities. But then there is a lot of sales situation where you just are, are in a very different situation where you just even similar like to a supermarket where you go right now and you are just choosing what kind of drinks I'm taking. So uh, there's so there's so different things going on today, and I, I I basically believe when we speak about sales and salespreneurs and what is changing, the most important part here is always is the consciousness and the mindset first, and then there is the professions they are building up there. In in each industry, it could be the applying of that is very different, um, and at the end of the day. Are, we know because the buyer is so well educated today, uh, the seller has a real a problem to come across very good, authentic, with empathy and with insight to the to the buyer to bring this value that the buyer says, well, this is not only a nice guy, he's representing a good brand, he's representing a good our product, a good solution, but he's also representing our, a bondage for me that I can rely on, that I can stick to that. And then it kicks in in some areas what we all want. Um, I, I think, I guess you also were flying a lot around in your life already, yeah? And all of us, are, I, I, when, we, when we fly, who wants to be downgraded? I have never found the person who was once flying first class or business class overseas and then said, oh, I'm happy to downgrade to economy. Come on. <laughs> no, one is no one is doing that, correct? No one is doing that. So why? Well, what is the difference? It's, it's the service. It's the service that you experience. So the thing is, at the end of the day, that all what you do in the sales has to be in line with the service that the buyer is experiencing at the end of the day. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I think clearly, I mean, I think, I mean, what it does in terms of skills that salespeople need to have, I think they've always need to have it, but I think we need to be sharper at it right now is kind of the, the nimbleness and adaptability. We have to meet the customer where they're at in their process. Correct. Sometimes we need, and we we have to t take the customer to a different point in their process, and sometimes that may be taking them backwards. Mm -hmm. That may be saying, "Gee, you may not be looking at this problem quite correctly. You may want to reconsider and looking at it." But first, we got to inter. We have to be nimble and adaptable to to start with where they're at. You know, that so needs boldness. that needs boldness and honesty. What you say. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And so so what had happens, I mean, we can't go in. Everybody's all uh, lathered up about insight selling and challenger and all that right now. We can't uh, go in and do our challenger pitch if the buyer is already some way they've challenged themselves. They've recognized that they need to change and they're down that path. You know, we look like fools. So nimbleness and adaptability. I mean, bridging this back to the entrepreneurial and the salespreneur stuff we you know I, I i'm on the boards of several startups and you know the the term pivot has become very very key in in uh in 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 uh, high-tech startups and you know we start with it down a certain path and we recognize ah oh, we're not quite there and we pivot you know salespeople have to be that adaptable and and learn how to pivot you know, based on where they're at and what they need to do to move forward with the customer and, and, and accomplish their shared objectives. Absolutely. And that brings us nicely into question four. Thank you very much. <laughs> Which is, how can the principles of entrepreneurs help salespeople? Because that sounds exactly on target, what you're talking about with startups and that entrepreneurial approach where they sometimes have to pivot that sort of principle and skills. How does that translate through to salespeople? Well, yeah, I give you one principle from the Austrian School of Economics that everybody can relate uh, to that immediately. Ludwig von Mises are really a long time ago was saying value is not intrinsic. It is not in things. It is within us. It is the way in which man reacts to the conditions of its environment. So what, what, what that means in a real situation, you see, a subjective value, this is what the Austrians call that. A subjective value is if you are having a value that only the salesperson is really seeing because he creates the solution in his head, because he brings something together, and this is subjective, yeah? He, he brings that all together for the buyer. For that reason, to put data in a system can never replace a good salesperson, the fear Years ago, when salespeople had fears, oh, I put all my contact data and every information in the system, forget. You can never be replaced if you create a real value to the customer. And when you create this real value, this principle, um, when you apply these principles, they are universal. In your life, in, in your sales situation, you are so a value, not only for the company, even more for the buyer. Because the buyer knows, my goodness, this guy comes up with great ideas that I haven't seen, that I, I was not aware. I bring this together and he helps me and he helps me in the business. And then you have a, a sustainable, I would say, also relationship. Yeah? And this is what we're all looking for. Because let, let's be honest, who wants to replace always uh, vendors? No one wants to do that. This is a lot of work. So, yeah. yeah, so when you come in and you create this form of really a value um, that, that, the, that the seller brings to the table, then um, I immediately are, are creating something that the buyer can relate to that. And so there's a lot of principles out there 
Uh, and this is what an entrepreneur is really doing because the entrepreneur is seeing that on the big screen, he's saying, is there any new solution for a problem out there in the world? Okay, <laughs> he's, he's seeing that on maybe on a scalable, if he wants to do that on a scalable business level, um, and then he has to create that and bringing that in the product. The seller in that self, in his world, in a smaller sense, has to create the same principle for the buyer with the same principle. It's the, it's the same mechanism and it's the same spirit because he creates the same thing. Okay, so if we're looking at that, what, sorry, David, um, if we're gonna take that, you're, you're the CEO of an organization and you want to encourage salespreneurs in this entrepreneurial spirit, which I think is a great thing. Um, and this question will go to David to begin with and then to yourself, Nicholas. How are you going to encourage an entrepreneurial spirit within your sales team? Because it doesn't suit everybody. Not everybody wants to be entrepreneurial. So how would you encourage that mindset within your team? Uh, well, well I, I think first, I mean, the, the whole organization has to have, have kind of this entrepreneurial mindset and, and have this trust mm -hmm. in the salespeople. You know, if, if I look back to the way I started at sales, which was they created this dream and this vision that that you know I could dream about getting a hundred percent share of customer or a hundred percent share of my territory or marketplace. You know, it, how realistic that was, you know, could I really achieve that? But they created this dream and vision and they they empowered me to do this and held me accountable. Said mm -hmm. you have to figure it out. And what they did is they provided me all sorts of resources and all sorts of tools. They trained me like crazy. You know, they, they provided systems and tools and support, everything to make me successful. But it was all, you know, Dave, this is for you. Now you've got to take this and go out and figure out what to do with it to achieve that goal. So, so I, I think first is one, creating that kind of empowerment, creating that vision and say, you are the president of your own company and your company happens to be this territory. It may be a selection of accounts. It may be a selection of a, a geographic kind of thing. It may be an industry vertical. Dave, you're going to call on all the hospitals uh, in Southern California or something like that. But, you know, First, they say, this is your business, and, and your goal is to grow that business as much as possible, to create as much revenue, to create as much profitability, to, to have dominant market share. You know, so you create that, as, that kind of empowerment, and, and then, too, you hold them accountable for it. You know, what's your business plan to do this? You know, as entrepreneurs, we achieve business plans as we go to get funding or as we go to our boards, we make a commitment. This is what I'm going to do in terms of producing revenue, profitability, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, so likewise, the salespeople have to come and present their business plans to us. And then we have to, as companies, provide them the resources and support to execute that business plan. So I think it, it, you know, it's this this kind of shared thing of one creating the vision, giving the empowerment, but then closely tied to that is that accountability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's 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 again just underlining. It's it's the form of our empowerment and then our responsibility. 
You have to yeah. have the responsibility. And for that, you need also, this is the next problem that we are running in in the future is because we made our wrong decision in, in, in the past. We made our best salespeople, the sales manager, without any training. Uh, we have a lack of sales management because we are just speaking right now of the yeah. sales reps. Um, I, we can at this time, and, and this this goes right far beyond everything what we can do in the next couple of minutes about speaking sales manager problems, but you are con because the accountability, the responsibility, I want to help him is uh, it's sales manager's job then to, to go and yeah. help him. Yeah, And this is this is rapidly also changing. Yeah, This is our, um, our, a big, it's, big move. It's absolutely unacceptable for the sales manager to say, good luck and Godspeed. I've given you this territory. I've given you all these resources. Good luck and Godspeed. And unfortunately, too often we do that. Um, you know, and particularly we do that in channels. Um, but, you know, is, you know, when, uh, Nicholas, I don't know what you did in going around getting your, when you were founding the company to, to go around and, and, and get investors and so on. But I guarantee you, no investors said, here, take my money, good luck and Godspeed. Um, no. and, and so we have to be, you know, that, that accountability and managers making sure that one, people feel empowered, but two, knowing that there's an accountability. This isn't just something where, you know, we're a charitable uh, organization and we're wishing you the best. We're holding you responsible for this because if your business as a salesperson is successful, then my business as a sales manager, which is the collection of all my team's businesses, is successful. And then um, uh, our overall company is successful. We also have to harness that too. You can't just go off and do what you, what you wanna do. You have to say, you know, salespeople are the, you know, the tip of the spear or the execution arm of the company's business strategy. So the things that they're going out to do, the entrepreneurial things they're going out to do, in the territory have to be consistent with the overall business strategy and who we are as a company, how we want to be perceived and how we're going to grow our business. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're on the same page for sure. For that, everything in life are needs focus. Absolutely. Focus is, is, is and, and this is our, our, this is why we basically, I can say, created our, our pipeliner. This was their original idea to help salespeople to be focused on what? On the target. Because uh, as you said, the, the, the target, the quota, or however we call it, I like, I like more the target because you see the quota is something different. Yeah? But the target, to reach the goal, to go together as a team, if you have that constantly in front of you every day, in and out, it subconsciously is doing something with you. And I think the more you focus in your life on one thing, you will be successful. The most people are just going always astray. And uh, for the sales rep, as you say, his goal is run your business and I help you to run the business. I'm coming in and help you, to support you, to educate you, to train you, to, to, to equip you. Sometimes equipping is very much important. It depends on the industry. Yeah? Um, and helping to focus and then come along and say, you are doing good in your business here. It's not that I take it away. I give you the entrepreneurial approach 
and give you the reward. I think the reward is often not there. Yeah? We have a wrong concept of rewarding sometimes too. Yeah? Well, yeah. we're in a big, we in a big change. I love it because you see everything right now in the world is changing, and 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 so this is the buyer right now has changed the industry, mm. and now the seller has to change, and we're all moving in the right direction. Absolutely. Right. Okay. I've got time for one quick question as we've only got two minutes left. So that question will be, what kind of tools do salespreneurs teams need to achieve, to achieve their goals more effectively? So what tools would you uh, give or present or use as a salespreneur to help you to achieve your goals? And Nikki, I think I might know your answer. So we'll start. <laughs> no, I, 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 I'm handing that over to Dave. Because yeah. <laughs> Well, well, clearly, first, you need an outstanding CRM system like Pipeliner to, to really kind of help you focus yourself and organize yourself. You're very and so kind. On. You're so, very kind. So that's not even a paid endorsement. But, uh, you know, clearly, you know, it does it does start with that. And, and I'll start, I, you know, so much of the time we're looking at technology and those things as, as tools. But, you know, I, I think first kind of tools are a sales process and a sales process that you use and a sales process that's aligned with with how you guide the customer through their buying process. Um, you know, without the sales, the sales process is basically the cornerstone to everything I do from a, a deal strategy point of view, for everything that I do from a, a, a pipeline in, in meeting my, my goals or my target or quota, whatever words we want to use, but making sure I'm, I'm generating the business, uh, you know, out of my, my entrepreneurial business or out of my territory that, that my shareholders expect and my shareholders are my manager and my company. Right. Um, you know, so so I have to, you know, I have to start with that as a tool. Then there's a lot of technology that facilitates us in doing special things. You know, uh, clearly CRM system and something as, as really great as Pipeliner is, is kind of a real complement to helping you do that much more efficiently and much more effectively than you can ever do. I mean, I can't imagine... Uh, running our business today without, you know, strong CRM tools. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, and then there are also sort of specialized tools on top of that that may help sure. you. And there's, you know, Nicholas talked a little bit about this. There's kind of the amplification of sales and marketing. I, I go kind of hot and cold on that, but there's any kind of app of, apps that you can get that really help you with specialized parts of that. Yeah, there's, I think from a technology point of view, I agree with Dave what he says. First of all, it needs the, the underlying concept and the concept is not in the technology. Yeah, the, 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 the technology is just representing and it should represent easy, smart, and we have an approach and we visualize because we say salespeople visualize and visualization is easy because it's a universal communication. Yeah, but our, today, this is the cool thing. We are gathering a lot of different kinds of our, our technology out there. They're really helpful. Like what we do now, we can communicate, we can, we can use a new form of communication. 
We have in our company already, I think, um, almost 50 different uh, SaaS solutions that we are working with each other. It's amazing. Yeah, For everything, uh, we, we are trying to adopt the best solutions that are out there, finding the best and using it and and, and because it helps you. And, and the good thing is where the industry is heading, you don't have any longer the headache of all uh, buying a new hardware, uh, running the sys administrator who has all the passwords and he's not giving it away. And, um, and but, but clearly, clearly great tools like this, like a Google Hangout, they're absolutely worthless unless you have something meaningful and impactful to say. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's about content has to batch it up and it's about the approach, which are ultimately I think is the human skills. And it's the tools which just enable you to do that perhaps more efficiently and they can bring insights to the table. So, for example, um, sales coaching is something I like to talk about and it help, tools can help you to point you where you should be coaching people. You should understand what coaching is to begin with, though, and how to actually coach people. But the tool can just help you to do this. Now, thank you very much for your time, gentlemen. It is just gone the hour. So thank you very much for joining me. That was a fantastic debate. And thank you very much for your, your input. Thank you, David. You've been a superb guest. Uh, if you'd like to check out uh, David's blog, his uh, Twitter handle is at David A. Brock. And the website is partnersinexcellenceblog.com. And of course, we have Nicholas Kimmler as well. Nicholas is our CEO of Pipeline CRM at Pipeline CRM. If you do have any questions, I'm sure both of you'd be happy to take questions on Twitter after the event. Thanks so much. I really appreciate the invitation. Thanks a lot for this morning. Thank okay. you. Greetings. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.